This is Michael Lankford with Whole Testament Discipleship Success. In my 30 years as a discipleship minister, where I have helped people become successful and thriving disciples of Yahweh Almighty God and the Messiah, I have been asked a lot of questions. In many cases, I see some of the same questions surface again and again. I don't mind that at all. My philosophy is if you care enough to know, ask and make sure that you keep asking until you find a useful answer. Our podcast is called Discipleship Answers, where I answer the questions that you have sent me as it pertains to walking as a disciple of Almighty God and our Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. In past times, disciples would generally write to me emails and other questions by letter or card, and I would write them back with a detailed Bible study answering their questions. In recent months, though, I started seeing comments like, Hey, Brother Michael, we really like your stuff. Your Bible studies are great and all that, but I don't have the time and the energy to study through all of that. Most of my study time happens when I listen to things while I'm commuting in my car or doing housework or something else. Could you put some of your stuff on audio format so that we could listen to it in the car and such things? When a friend and a brother in the faith of more than 20 years gives you a request like that, it is relatively easy to fulfill, and so you accommodate them as best you can. It is with this in mind that our podcast, Discipleship Answers, was born. Today's question, how do you do a spiritual checkup? That is a good and fair question. I love it when up-and-coming disciples ask questions such as that because it demonstrates that they really care about having an active and thriving relationship with God and our Savior. The disciple who cares enough to ask questions like this one is one who really wants to be sure that they are right and that they are growing and thriving, that they are growing in relationship with Yahweh and Messiah. The disciple who cares enough to ask this question wants to make sure that he's doing good. This person doesn't want to assume that they're doing okay. They want to make sure they're doing okay, and that is praiseworthy. Now, here's the big why. Before we go too much further, let's answer the big why. Why do we even need to do a spiritual checkup? Fundamentally, there are two reasons why we need to do a spiritual checkup. First, Scripture instructs us to do it. By the way, whenever you have a direct instruction of Scripture, that's a good enough reason to do something. But second, it is way too easy to deceive ourselves. We can all too easily lie to ourselves and think that we're doing okay and that we're in good standing with God when we really are not. The point of the spiritual checkup is that we do not assume that we are in a good relationship with God, but we do our very best to verify that we are in good standing. As it is written, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Scripture specifically instructs us to test ourselves and to examine ourselves to make certain that we are in the faith, that we are walking with Jesus Christ. We are not supposed to assume it. We are instructed to test and to verify it. The Scripture gives us a few noteworthy things that we need to grab a hold of and maintain as we continue our discipleship walk. Note that 2 Corinthians 13.5 is one of those personal responsibility principle scriptures. In other words, this scripture highlights the personal responsibility idea that we discussed in a previous podcast. Valuing our relationship with God and making sure that we're walking correctly with God and asking 
and testing ourselves to make sure that we're in good standing with God and with Jesus Christ is each believer's own personal responsibility. We are each responsible for making sure that we have a good and thriving relationship with God and with Messiah. This is something that each individual believer is responsible for learning to do and for doing for themselves. This is not the responsibility of the church. This is not the responsibility of the clergy to do for you. This is not the responsibility of older brothers and sisters to do for you. This is your responsibility. Testing ourselves, examining ourselves, making sure that we are in good standing with Yahweh, Almighty God, and with Messiah is your responsibility as a believer. It is my responsibility as a believer. This responsibility belongs to each individual believer to do for themselves. Note, since we are clearly told in 2 Corinthians 13.5 that we should examine ourselves to make certain that we are in the faith, this also means that it must be possible to think that we are walking with God in Jesus Christ when we really are not doing so. If it were not possible to deceive ourselves into thinking that we're okay when we really weren't, then we would not need to test ourselves or to examine ourselves. If our salvation was certain and it was automatic, just because we asked for it and we had no responsibility, no possibility of people thinking that they were in Christ when they really weren't, 2 Corinthians 13.5 would not be necessary. The fact that 2 Corinthians 13.5 is in the instructions means that it must be necessary, which means it must be possible for us to think we're okay when we're not. It must be possible for us to deceive ourselves into thinking that we're walking with Christ when we aren't. Since 2 Corinthians 13.5 is there, that must mean that there's a need for it and that it's a necessary instruction. As it is written, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, yod heh vav search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. Whether we like it or not, the human heart is very wicked. Many times we do not see the wickedness of our own heart until God highlights it for us and forces us to see it. We often lie to ourselves. We think we're okay when in fact we are wicked, and that is dangerous. This is why I will never trust any teacher or life coach or any person who tells people, Oh, just follow your heart. Are you kidding me? That is some of the most foolish, ignorant, stupid advice that one human being could give to another. Any teacher who gives that kind of advice is not worth listening to, because they are so immature and they are demonstrating that they have absolutely no understanding of true human nature. Follow Yahweh, yes. Follow Messiah, yes. Follow biblical instructions, yes. Follow what functions well and what works well, maybe. Follow your heart, never, never, never. Follow your feelings, never. Follow your passions? Never. Scripture openly tells us that there is a way that seems right to human beings, but the end result would be our destruction. We see that in Proverbs 12.15, Proverbs 14.12, and Proverbs 16.25. Scripture repeatedly warns us not to be wise in our own eyes. 
but that we should fear yod heh Almighty God, and turn away from evil. Proverbs 3.7, Proverbs 26.12, Isaiah 5.20-24, Romans 12.16. Always remember and retain the knowledge of God is always smarter than we are. Yahweh is always smarter than we are. And there's a way that seems right to us that leads to destruction. Note, since 2 Corinthians 13.5 clearly tells us to test ourselves and to examine ourselves, that also means that there must be some level of standards of measurements that we are intended to use. In other words, God wouldn't say to us, test yourselves and then not give us a method we could use to test ourselves with. Some measurable standards must be available somewhere within Scripture so that we can obey that verse and effectively test ourselves. Doing and obeying 2 Corinthians 13.5 would become impossible if God did not give us the means to also have the methods to test ourselves with. Doing and obeying 2 Corinthians 13.5 would become impossible. In truth, God does not give us any commandments to obey without also giving us adequate means to succeed in obeying Him. If He gives us instructions, He also gives us some methods and some means to use so let's see what we have so far. Now we know that we have a personal responsibility, that it is each believer's own personal responsibility to test and examine ourselves to make certain that we are in the faith and that we are working with God and walking with Jesus Christ. We now know that we are instructed specifically in Scripture to test and to examine ourselves, which means that it must be possible to deceive ourselves and to think that we're okay when we're not, because otherwise the instruction to examine ourselves would not be necessary. If deceiving ourselves were not possible, God would not have commanded us to test ourselves. We know that God commanded us not to trust our own heart and our own instincts because we can fool ourselves and we can deceive ourselves. We also know that if God gave us the commandment to test ourselves, it also means that he must have given some standard of measurement that we can use to test and evaluate ourselves and our growth. That also means that there must be a standard of measurement that we can use to evaluate our growth and our progress to make certain that we are growing and thriving with God and with Jesus Christ. Doing a spiritual checkup has a lot of similarities with a physical checkup. When we do the physical checkup, there are some things that the medical personnel will always do. They will always check your height and your weight, your blood pressure, your temperature, your lungs. At a minimum, they do these things, and they check these things every time to see if everything's functioning well. If they see a problem in any of these areas, it might indicate that further tests or further examinations are needed or called to their attention. It might be necessary to do further testing if something doesn't sound right when the doctor listens to your lungs, for example. Doing a spiritual checkup is the same thing. It's just a matter of learning to ask the right questions and evaluating yourself in a godly standard. In other words, you have a godly standard, godly norms that you're striving to meet, and you see how close you are to those norms. So the same concept abides with a spiritual checkup. It all starts with asking the right questions and being honest with our answers. This is the first standard. The Bible says that unless two Beings agree they cannot walk together. See Amos 3, verse 3. That means that if I am going to walk with God successfully, I must come into ever greater agreement with God. 
Otherwise, I will not be able to walk with God, who is perfect. Now, God is perfect. We see that in Deuteronomy 32.4, Matthew 5.48, 1 Peter 1.14-16. Since God is already perfect, God is not going to change to agree with our sinfulness. If God changed to agree with our wickedness, he would no longer be perfect, and he would no longer be God. That means that the only way we can walk together with God, and God can walk with us, is for us to be changed. God has to change us to agree with him, because in his perfection, he cannot change to agree with us. Which is the whole point. And it means that we're going to have to be transformed to agree with God. And that's why the basis of Romans 12, 1 and 2 exists. This is why we are told not to be conformed to the sinful world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we approve things the way God approves them. That's literally the whole point of Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is why we must be transformed so that we come into agreement with God and we can successfully walk together. So the first test is how are you doing in your internal dictionary? The first good question is, are you growing in agreement with God? Do you recognize God's definitions, God's standards of righteousness, God's definitions and standards in everything? Are you measuring things the way God tells you to measure things? If the answer is yes, then you are making a good start. If the answer is no, then you have to do a serious evaluation. What standards are you using to measure good versus bad? or right versus wrong, or true versus false. Every human being has some set of standards, some measuring stick that they use to judge right and wrong. Are you using God's definitions, or are you using something else? If your internal dictionary is right, then you can walk with God. If your dictionary is not right, then you cannot walk with God. If our internal dictionary doesn't agree with God, we cannot walk with God, because two cannot walk together unless they are agreed. Second test, do you have a growing appetite for God's word? Scripture clearly tells us that we are to desire the sincere milk of the word so that we can grow. That's 1 Peter 2, 2, Psalm 1, 1 through 6, Joshua 1, 7 through 9, Psalm 119, 140, Psalm 119, 146, and 147. The next thing we have to check is, do we see a growing appetite and a desire for God's word and for God's instructions? Are you reading your Bible every day? If you find yourself having a greater desire for God's Word, and especially for the recognizable and doable instructions, the stuff that you can do from the Word to make your life better. So if you're looking for practical instructions and you have an appetite for that, then you know that you're on the right track. If you don't see that, then your appetite for the usable instructions of God's Word, then you have definitely got something that you should be concerned about, and you should be making it a serious matter of prayer for yourself. If you don't see yourself having a growing appetite for God's Word, and especially the doable stuff that you find in God's Word, then you probably need some help in your appetite department, and you probably need God to do some strengthening of your desire for godly things. Next question, are you praying daily? Along with your appetite for God's word, are you developing a growing habit of praying about everything that is a concern to you instead of worrying, fretting, complaining, or allowing anger and frustration to fester in your situations? 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22 gives us clear instructions. Also, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Also, Psalm 37, 1, 7, and 8. And also, James 1, 19 through 25. All of us need to be concerned about godly things. And the more appetite you have for God's word, the more strength you'll see in your appetite to pray. Because as you see God's instructions and you go, wow, I really need to be obeying that, you'll see a real matter of prayer for asking Abba to change you so that you can obey those things more readily. The next question, which biblical commandment are you actively working on obeying better in your life this week? The key here is about being intentional about practicing and obeying God in a measurable way. To answer this question, you have to be aware of what the commandments of God are, and you would also need to be intentional about striving to obey some specific instructions that you see in the Word. Why is this so critical? Because the Bible, even the New Testament, clearly says that how we respond to the commandments of God says a lot about our spiritual health. Let me give you an example, as it is written. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. So my attitudes toward God's commandments shows how well I'm growing in my love toward God. Even according to the New Testament, loving God is defined by keeping God's commandments and treating God's commandments as a delight and not as a burden. So whenever I can keep a commandment that is given by God and I'm able to find it to be a delight and not a burden, that is a sign that I'm growing in my love toward God even in the New Testament. So the question then becomes, what commandment are you striving to obey right now? And how's my attitude about it? Am I actively striving to obey a particular commandment and am I finding it to be a joy and a delight in doing it? Or am I growing in my love toward God? If I am able to obey the commandments of God that I see in Scripture and I'm able to find it as a joy and a delight, then I'm growing in my love toward God. And if I can't, then something is wounded in my love for God. Something is not working as it should. And that's a sign that I would need healing somewhere in my heart. And I would need to approach Abba Yah, approach the Heavenly Father, and ask Him for help and healing in my heart. Whenever I run up into a commandment and I'm looking for reasons not to obey it, or I'm struggling against it, and I'm not finding it a delight to try to obey that commandment, then I've got some heart trouble. And my love is not perfect in that area, and I need Abba to do some healing and some growing inside of me so that I can be able to obey his commandments and find it a delight and not find it burdensome. That's how I know that my love for God is growing. Notice this, as it is written, But whosoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. Did you happen to catch that keeping Messiah's word, keeping Yahweh's word, is how we know that our love for God and for Messiah is being perfected? He just said it, but whosoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Now, that is right there in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. So, don't give me this, I'm a New Testament Christian, I don't have to obey God garbage, because right there it says that 
you know the love of God is being perfected in you when you're able to obey and keep his word. So we know that we're growing in our love for God when we're able to keep his word, when we're able to keep God's word, when we're able to keep Messiah's word and abide in his instructions. We know that our love for God and for Messiah is growing at that point. Whosoever keeps his word in him, the love of God is perfected. So you know that you're growing in your love for God when you can keep Yahweh's word better. You know that you're growing in love for Messiah when you can faithfully keep Messiah's words better. If you want to know whether or not you are really growing in love toward Yahweh and Messiah, the most effective way to test it is to see how well you're learning and keeping the commandments. If we are keeping his words, then we know that our love for God is being perfected in us. How we keep the commandments of God is a measurement of how well we are growing in loving God and loving Messiah. That's why learning and practicing the commandments of God and of Messiah matters, because this is the clear indicator of how well our love towards God and toward Messiah is growing, and that's even in the New Testament. This is the standard of knowing how you're growing in love toward God and in love toward Messiah. If you want to know how well you're growing in love, what commandment are you practicing and are you finding it a delight? Are you able to keep his word and are you able to do it with a good attitude? And if you are, you're growing in love. And if you're not, then you're not. Which biblical promise are you currently seeking the Father to fulfill in your life? Do you understand and are you fulfilling the biblical Conditions to receive the biblical promise. Now, there are some 7,487 promises from Yahweh Almighty God to humankind in the scriptures. With extremely rare exceptions, the vast majority of promises of God have specific conditions that are attached to each promise. In order to receive the promise, they have to meet those conditions. So, pick out a promise from God's word that you would like to have. You search out the scriptures and see what the specific conditions that God has established and requirements to receive that promise. Then you prayerfully develop action plans and you can practice meeting the conditions that God has established to grant you the promise. You practice meeting the conditions that God specified as requirements for receiving that promise. You track your progress and you keep an eye out for the results and the changes that are happening in your life and in your circumstances. In the very act of striving to do what you must do in order to receive a God-given promise, you will grow. By the very act of learning a promise, learning the conditions to receive the promise, striving to meet those conditions, you're going to grow. You're going to have attitude adjustments. You're going to have behavioral adjustments. You're going to end up obeying God better just by seeking to obtain a biblical promise. If you learn and respect the conditions and you strive to meet those conditions, you're going to grow simply by trying to receive the promises. Another good question to ask is, which kingdom characteristic are you actively working on developing this week? Are you working on your faith? Are you working on moral excellence? Are you working on knowledge? Are you working on self-control? Are you working on perseverance? Are you working on brotherly kindness? Are you working on godliness? Are you working on kindness? Are you working on love? Are you working on joy? Are you working on peace? Are you working on gentleness? What specific steps are you taking to build on developing these processes? Are you praying about having these attitudes in your life? Are you 
making action plans to develop these attitudes in your life? Are you studying, making Bible studies on how to develop these attitudes in your life? What specific steps are you taking to cooperate with God to develop these characteristics? These characteristics that are described in Galatians 5, 22 through 25 and 2 Peter 1, 4 through 11. What specific steps are you taking to cooperate with God to develop those characteristics? Then at the end, you consider what has been your greatest success in your walk with Abba Yahweh this week or Messiah? What has been your greatest success in obeying Yahweh and in obeying Messiah this week? What has been your biggest challenge in your walk with Abba Yahweh and Messiah this week? How would you like the rest of the body to agree with you in prayer? These are basically the questions that you ask. I mean, honestly, if you ask these questions, you can't help but grow simply because you're going to be focused on kingdom things and achieving kingdom virtues and kingdom realities. You're going to be learning to obey kingdom commandments. You're going to be learning to develop kingdom characteristics. And you're going to be learning to receive and abide in kingdom promises. By just the fact that you're focusing on these things, you're going to have a greater time and greater success at growing in your walk with Yahweh and in your walk with Messiah. This is why you repeatedly need to check yourself and make sure that you're checking yourself according to godly standards. Beloved, that is the rundown and the basics of how you do a spiritual checkup. It's just a matter of learning to ask yourself the right questions and checking how you're doing compared to God's given standards in the scriptures. This is something that I recommend that all up-and-coming disciples do every week, preferably before entering into Shabbat. However, the Bible only requires that you would do it twice a year, the week before Passover and during the week of unleavened bread and uh, before the day of Yom Kippur or the day of atonement. So twice a year, once in the, once in the summer, once in the winter, or once in the spring, once in the fall, depending on how you divide that, but before Passover and the week of unleavened bread and before Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement is when the Bible actually requires us to do spiritual inventories of this nature. But it's a good idea to do it every week before Shabbat. I'm thinking in this case, more is better. It's not required to do it more than twice a year, but it's a good idea. I hope that you found this information both useful and practical because that's what we strive for here at Discipleship Answers. We give practical, biblical advice for how to walk with Yahweh. I do hope that you found this information useful and a good help to you as you seek to measure yourself according to God and to His standards of excellence. Until I see you next time, may yod heh vav -He Almighty bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. In the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah and Prince of Peace. Amen.